On today's episode, we are going to take a look at Beyond Meat. They just reported earnings, so let's get started. First, let's take a look at this company's stock price performance. Today, May 5th, it ended the day 5% up, sitting at $100. And then after hours, after reporting earnings, this company is up another 5% and is currently sitting at $105 after hours. So in today's episode, we're going to take a look at their earnings results. We're going to take a look at past history, at their current numbers, some articles, and then just a quick valuation look at the company. Before we go any further, guys, don't forget to subscribe, to hit the thumbs up, and hit the bell. It helps the small channel out so much, and I truly appreciate all the support I'm getting. Finally, there's a lot of earnings going on this week, so if you guys want me to do any company in specific, make sure to post on the comments and let me know. If not, let me just know what you guys think about Beyond Meat, and are you guys a fan of the stock, or are you guys staying away? Alright, so let's continue with the stock performance. Here we're looking at the peak of February, which was $126. And compared to the price we're at now, this company is still down close to 20%. After that 5% income uh, up that we have after hours, it might be somewhere around 18 to 17% below its highs in February. But this company did take take a big, big hit during the bottom. It bottomed that at about $50 and that was about 57% loss so this company if you guys picked up at the bottom congratulations and I'm hoping you guys are enjoying your profits so next let's take a look at this company's earnings results this was for quarter one of 2020 and just one thing to know is quarter one ended at the end of March and just just to keep things in perspective United States pretty much shut down in mid-March so companies for quarter one only experienced about two to three weeks of bad revenue due to the coronavirus obviously maybe because this is a food company we're going to see it might not have taken a full effect like how some other companies have taken so quarter one gap earnings per share were three cents and it actually beat by nine cents so analysts were expecting a loss for this company revenue was 97 million dollars and that's it it was a beat by about 10 million dollars so that's close to a 10 percent beat and year over year, this company's revenue is up about 141%. So next, I'm like, wow, this cra- this company is growing revenue pretty quickly. I wanted to see how revenue, how, how much its typical revenue growth has been quarter to quarter. So for example, the last quarter, quarter four of 2019 compared to quarter four of 2018 was a 212%. Quarter three was a 249%. Quarter two, the same time, to its same time last year was 287 so in the past quarters that this company has been public, this company has been growing at over a 200% value. And even right now where it grew 141% is still pretty impressive. But just one thing to note though, right, is it's it does seem to be slowing down percentage-wise, but obviously when you're making more mo- when you're making l- less money and when you grow um, when you grow a bit more, that percentage is a bit higher. But this is definitely a true growth stock with those consistent three-digit percentage growth of revenue. But now here, if you guys, if you guys are taking a look at the top top chart right here, we can see that revenue. This is revenue by quarter. It has been increasing dramatically, dramatically. But it now, if we draw a line to it, let's just pull up a line. The line does seem to be curving to be flattening the line a bit um so it is this revenue growth still gonna continue for the upcoming year or is it gonna start slowing down dramatically based on that curve we're seeing here right now it's starting to look like the peak of the s 
So some more highlights for this company's earnings. Like I mentioned, the revenue jumped about 141% compared to the same time last year. Growth in volume was mainly driven by expansion in the number of distribution points, both domestically and abroad. And one thing we're going to see, this company did increase the amount of places it's now selling and just the amount, even internationally, internationally jumped a big amount. And like I said, later on through this episode, we're going to see that revenue breakdown and that revenue increase through different segments. This company net income was 1.8 million compared to 76 compared to a loss of 76 million dollars a year ago. So right now it's pretty much just breaking even, but a year ago this company was losing money. Beyond Meat did suspend its full year guidance due to COVID-19. There's still so many unknowns going around and you're going we're going to see a big portion of this company's revenue comes from restaurants. So that is definitely going to affect it. And until we know more about opening dates and restaurants, new traffic, there's, I think it's really smart to just suspend guidance at the moment. So next, we're going to take a look at this article. And if you guys have been watching the news or if you guys listen to Tyson's um, Tyson Meat Company's earnings call yesterday, one thing we are going to see here in the United States is uh, a shortage of beef or uh, because of a slowdown in production. So Beyond Meat is actually is actually going to take advantage of this. And I think it's pretty smart on them because right now with the reduction of meat, there's going to be an increase of price of beef. And so what Beyond Meat wants to do is during this upcoming summer, it wants to start um, selling value packs where, where it would be like a, a huge amount of meat at a discount level. So like that consumers will now be like, hey, should I buy this pack of beef? Or if there's no, if there's shortage of beef, they're going to buy um, Beyond Meats. They're going to attempt Beyond Meat. And with that price discount, it might entice more of them. And they want to build a bigger market um, and grab that market share. So in I think that's really smart for Beyond Meat. And I, I, I don't know. I, I personally have not tried the burgers or any of the Beyond Meats food. So I have yet to decide, ha- have any opinion on the taste. But just in the form of marketing, I think it's a smart move. But one thing, um, this this next article talks about um, exactly what we were just talking about, the value packs. One thing that investors are very uh, are, are happy about Beyond Meat is that Beyond Meat products have high margins. And they have hard margins because it is a different type of product. It's one of the it's it's one of the first products around there that it's it's a vegetable protein that looks, tastes, and acts like meat from the whole cooking process. So this company prides itself of being one of the uh, of being a very research and development company, food company, where innovation is what drives this this the, these products. So they want to assure their investors that these margins are going to continue uh, are are going to continue to be high. It's just that they're doing this smart move for the short term. Like I said, for the next um, for the summer, they're just going to reduce their prices. But for the long term, those prices are going to go back up. Right now, they just want to they just want to grab more market shares. And just for comparison, they mentioned that during the first quarter, Beyond Ground Beef and Beef Patties Alternative were priced around double or triple the price per pound of traditional ground beef. So you can see why even right now with uh, many people not having jobs or or living on unemployment, if you might, you're not going to end up buying something double or triple the price when you can buy it at just one times the price and just buy regular meat. Another smart move that Beyond Meat is doing is they're repurposing some of their lines. Like I mentioned earlier before, some a huge 
a huge portion of this company's product um, revenue comes from restaurants. They sell a whole a, a, a huge portion of food to restaurants, and that's where the restaurant that's where that revenue comes from. But like right now, a lot of restaurants are closed all over the world. So right now, instead of just having those lines closed, they're just uh, a lot of people are are still stuffing their pantries, room, their freezers with food. So they're taking advantage of that. And those lines that were meant for restaurants are now being used for retail purposes to increase the amount of inventory this company has and to be able to send out to to um, to retail places. And again, also to be able to do those super value packs. Next, I wanted to take a look at some recent notable updates that this company provided. And this is from their earnings presentation. They just talked a lot about some new customers that they have, some new products, and, and just some recent updates. The main thing that I think drove this company's price to go up dramatically in the past few weeks was in April 2020, Starbucks announced that they were using, uh, they were going to do Beyond Me in China, and this was going to be a, a national launch. So there's two types of launches. The first is national launch, and the other one is more of like a test launch. A national launch is when the customer already enjoys the product and has already tested it and now wants to make it more of a permanent thing. When it's a test, it's usually limited to certain areas to and for a certain amount of time. And the, the, the customer sees how their customers react to that menu item. And then they decide if, hey, our customers reacted really well. So we're going to continue to be a customer and we're going to do uh, more of a permanent type thing. In February 20, this company, um, Starbucks, also launched Beyond Meat in Nash in Canada. And right now, from January to April 2020, Canada has done the limited test in McDon with McDonald's. In February 2020, their KFC has also continued an expanded test. They talk about Subway, Denny's, Dunkin' Donuts, and Carl's Jr.'s. All are either doing expansions, national launches, or expanded offerings throughout this past few six months. Next, this company also talks about five new products that has launched or enhanced. I actually don't understand what that word uh, enhanced means. How do you enhance food? I'm guessing they just make it taste better after certain feedback. Um, it's it's my, only, my only conclusion from there. But in 2020, they released breakfast sausages. They improved their Beyond sausages. They have Beyond fried chicken. They have improved Beyond burgers and they have Beyond beef. So all these products have either launched in the 12 past 12 months or have been enhanced in the past 12 months. I'm guessing the ones with the titles improved are the ones that have been enhanced. Right now, this company is now in 74 countries internationally, not counting United States. And nine countries have, and out of that 74, nine of them are brand new since February. So that's what, two, two months old. So you can see the growth that this company is seeing throughout just the just the past six months this company has grown a lot all right so next we're here in the press release that beyond meat gave to its investors and i've highlighted all the important information that i i thought was i thought was useful um and first i wanted to let you guys know what the revenue breakdown was for this company there's four products that they sell they sell well there's four different sectors and United States retail is revenues that they get from sales in the United States markets. For example, when when you go to uh, when you go to Walmart and you buy a Beyond Meat product, that counts as United States retail. Then they have United States food services. This is the revenue they get from when they sell to restaurants. 
and then they have the similar but for international retail so it's just any supermarkets in the international not counting united states and then they have international food services which is any restaurants outside of the united states so now that we understand what this company's revenue segment looks like, let's see how it breaks down in numbers. Like I mentioned, right, this company's net revenue was $97 billion. 72 billion of that, so easily, uh, so about 75% of this company's total revenue comes from the United States. So out of that $72 billion in the United States, 50 billion comes from retails, which are the supermarkets, and 22 billion come from from the uh from the restaurants so that's actually a pretty good thing to to note now right even though restaurants are closer so they are seeing a slowdown in restaurants right now um it it's not going to make a big impact because most of their revenue in the united states comes from retail and here retail grew 157 percent compared to the same time last year food services grew 156 percent compared to the same time last year so we're seeing that thri triple digit growth now let's take a look at international so international makes 24 billion dollars of that 97 billion dollars so close to 25 percent of revenue comes from the the other how many countries did i say 94 countries that we saw in there um 74 countries come um so 25 percent of the total revenue comes from the other 74 countries so you can see how strong of a market the united states is for this company um, and that is broken down. Retail makes up about six billion out of that twenty-four, and food services make up eighteen billion out of that twenty-four. Retail increased about five thousand percent compared to compared to same time last year, and food services increased by fifty-seven percent compared to same time last year. The total international net revenue grew by about one hundred and six percent. So you can see that retail grew by a huge amount, but that's because same time last year, this company was not out there. It was making $118 million. Now it's making about $6 billion. So this company has expanded its reach international. And I think that international growth is still going to continue. But one thing you do see is the food services has not increased that much, only 57% in restaurants. So it does seem like there is a slowdown happening there for some reason. Like here we see in the United States where it's already a very, not even a developed market, but it's already a strong market for them. They're still seeing 156% growth in restaurants here in the United States. And before we continue guys, right, I, I'm probably being, I'm acting a little bullish in the company. Um, well, the way I'm speaking, but that does not mean I'm bullish at the stock price. I explained this in a lot of my videos. One can actually be bullish in a company and understand where that market is going. But at the same time, you, that does not mean you have to be bullish at the current valuation. And we're going to see as the episode progresses, the current valuation is, is something that I'm still not happy about. But before we get there, let's take a look at this company's balance sheet. And like always, if you guys have been watching my episodes, the balance sheet is my favorite document to take a look at because you can learn so much about the company with just these few numbers. So here in the balance sheet, let's start off with the total current assets. So this is comparing to just uh, last quarter. Many things like re revenue we compare to a year ago. But when we take a look at assets, we pretty much compare them to just a quarter ago. So let's start off with total current assets. Total current assets this quarter ended at $416 billion compared to a quarter ago, which was $404 billion. So an increase about $12 billion. And there's uh, the major point, the major increase here was in inventory. 
Last quarter, this company had about $82 billion in inventory. This year, uh, this quarter, it had about $120 billion in inventory. So inventory increased by almost $40 billion. And uh, the only reason I can think about this is right now, this company is just increasing its demand to have more, to be able to send out to suppliers to increase its share demand. Like I mentioned, it wants to increase its share market in, in this industry. And the best way they need to do this is by increasing demand. And right now with the food shortage, with the meat shortage happening, it is the perfect time. They, we are gonna see there was a huge decrease in cash and cash equivalents, but this company still has plenty of cash. This company had uh, last quarter had $275 million in, in cash. And right now is sitting at $246 million in cash. And I, I don't know if I've made this mistake, but if I've been saying billions, that's a mistake. All these numbers should be in the millions, even in the revenue. It should be in the millions, not billions. So like I said, right, this company's cash dropped by, from 276 million last quarter to 246 million this quarter. So in cash and cash equivalents dropped by 30 million, but this company still has plenty of cash. Next, let's take a look at this company's total assets and it actually increased dramatically. This quarter, it was at 492 million compared to last quarter was being at 452 million. So it increased by about $40 million. And we're going to be like, Jose, where did all that asset come from? The first thing we're going to see is 10 million of that dollars comes from comes from the total current assets and came from inventory. The other comes from property, plants, and equipment. It does seem in the past quarter, this company bought about $13 million of new equipment or new properties. The final thing, the final biggest change in assets was operating lease right of use assets. So this was an asset that a year ago did not have to be recorded. But now it does. And we're going to see the same thing happen to liabilities. So that's why this company also increased by $12 million more because of this extra asset did not change. But again, there's no real red flags here. I do think it's good, especially for a company that's trying to grow, just trying to grow in the market to build up its assets in property, plants, and equipment. It means that it now has more lines. I'm also happy to see that this company built up its inventory because it's trying to take over that market share. Now let's take a look at this company's liabilities. Let's go with total current liabilities. And total current liabilities this quarter ended at $72 million compared to $48 million last quarter. So that's an increase of about what, 23, about 23, 23 or $24 million. And a big portion of that actually comes from accounts payable. And accounts payable is money this company needs to pay its suppliers. And sometimes, hey, especially with the COVID-19, some of those, those bills have probably been extended a bit. So there's no big... I, I don't consider that a big red flag because to me, this is just it, the previous quarter. They could have just paid them sooner. This quarter, they might just be waiting a bit. And again, this to me doesn't really throw a red flag anywhere. And that's where the biggest change of this company's total current liability happens. Next, we're going to take a look at long-term liabilities. Total long-term liabilities last quarter were $20 billion. Right now, sitting at about $28 billion. So an increase close to $8 billion in total long-term liabilities. But a huge portion of that came from, you know how we just talked about the assets, how there was an asset that did not have to be recorded last quarter, last year. Same with liabilities. And this is pretty much uh, an asset in the lease 
uh, an asset and a liabilities of property that they need a lease or property that they need a rent. Back then, they did not have to report that as either or. Now they have to report it as both an asset and a liability. So that's an extra $11, billion, $11 million in long-term liabilities. So if we if we take that off, we'll be able to compare, we'll be able to compare apples to apples, right? So in theory, this company's total liability, long-term liability has decreased by about, I want to say, by at least two, $2 million. And we can see long-term debt has decreased. This company a quarter ago had about $14.6 million in long-term debt. Right now it's sitting at $12.2 million of long-term debt. So this company is paying off. And if we take a look at its total liabilities and total current liabilities, this company has enough cash to be able to survive. So this company actually has a really good balance sheet. It is not the best balance sheet I've seen, but I do I would consider it at least above average. It's definitely better than most balance sheets that I, I, I tend to look at. So that's actually pretty cool for this company. Finally, we're going to take a look at this company's valuation. And first, let me say I'm not a hap- I'm not happy about the valuation. I'm not that bullish on it. I'm actually nowhere near bullish on the valuation. This company, I, I like to look at forward at earnings per share estimates. In December 2021, this company is expected to make 60 cents. At 60 cents, this gives a forward PE ratio of about 160. 160 is pretty expensive. But when you think about it, this company is only making revenues in the millions of dollars. So now let me go into bullish case. So um, the bearish case, this is probably way overvalued for even two years from now. So completely overvalued for just taking uh, an investment for two years. But if we're taking a look at an investment for longer than that, I think uh, my bullish case would be this. This company is growing by, by triple digits percentage wise each quarter compared to the same time last quarter but we did see though that that revenue is looking i think i have it here that revenue is starting to look like the line is flattening and this is this line i'm talking about it it does look like that revenue is flattening so it does kind of show that revenue might slow down a bit in the upcoming quarters but still this is a company that it like i mentioned has a great balance sheet very good balance sheet it is actually I think it's in a great mind place right now to be able to build a strong market share. Unfortunately, I do think the pricing of the products, this is my opinion, right? I do think the pricing of the products might kind of prevent it in the long run from getting more customers just because I personally, for example, I would prefer not paying three times the premium price. So I, I feel like if I was really looking for a heavy grower, I think Beyond Meat would probably be a company I wouldn't be too to worry about let's say if i was a heavy grow a heavy heavy growth investor beyond meat seems like a company i would be willing to go with if i was at a decent at a decent growth but also a great valuation this one would definitely not be and if i if i was a value investor this is something that i would stay away with right this is uh, like i said 160 forward pe ratio for two years from now it's pretty crazy but like i mentioned great strong revenue growth is still only making revenue in the millions i i, I can't imagine if this was making um, in the billions this company would be ridiculous so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode let me know what you guys thought make sure to subscribe make sure to give the thumbs up and post in the comments are, are you a bull are you a bullish on beyond me are you are you bearish and let me know why so take care guys have a good night and see you next time